I'm gonna rip your head off and spit down your neck. No, I, I've always said like, dude, there's enough guys to, to do that. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to Add a Character with me, Ryan Satin. I'm now here with my guest at this time, former WWE champion, former ECW TV tag and world heavyweight champion, and now 2021 Hall of Fame inductee. Wait, wait for it. Hold on, wait. Got these here just for this occasion. Ugh. Rob Van... Damn. What's up, dude? Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, right on, man. Uh, proper intro. Proper intro. Thank you. Appreciate good, good. that. So, what else first, can you say? Nothing, nothing, well, you can call yourself the whole effing show, too. But other than that, that's about it. Thank you going on. Let's go ahead and scratch that question. <laughs> so, first and foremost, how does it feel to be going into the Hall of Fame this year? Um, it's, it's a pretty awesome feeling, you know, it's, um, just like you probably would imagine. It feels like I'm being acknowledged and appreciated for my body of work. Feels, uh, it feels very, uh, good. You know, um, I'm honored. It's also, um, organic, you know, it kind of, you know, maybe because if fans, you know, have been telling me, you know, from the feedback I get, uh, firsthand, They've been uh, t calling me future fall future Hall of Famer like for for years, and I always just shrug like, "All right, man, long as you think so." Um, but uh, you know, glad uh, glad to be among the chosen few this year. Did you think that you'd go into the Hall of Fame? You said that people were calling you a future Hall of Fame. Did you think that this moment would happen? Um, I thought that it might, you know, and I also thought there's a pretty good chance that it might not happen. You know, I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm not very uh, c committing to uh, assumptions and I, I could see it happening maybe either way. You know, I, I thought that maybe eventually, but I, I figured there was probably a decent chance. I mean, I know that I've had an impact on the business. I know that I'm appreciated because I get a lot of love everywhere I go. So I thought that was a really good chance, but to be honest, I'm not even sure what all the criteria is to qualify. You know, I don't really know how all those decisions are made, I'm just, um, you know, I'm glad for me and and for all the fans. You know, I feel like feel like them being behind me and wanting to see this happen is a win for them as well. Who told you that you were getting inducted this year? Who gave you the call? Um, I got a call from the office from um, John Laurinaitis, and and so it, it was appropriate. I've known, I've known, you know, I call him Johnny Johnny Ace. I've known him since '93. Uh, because I used to wrestle with him in Japan. So from 93 till 97, I uh, spent many, many, many hours on long bus rides, sitting in cold arenas in the winter, hot in the summer, and uh, ferry boat rides. I mean, we did a lot of travel around Japan in that time. And so you get to you get to know somebody a little better when you're stuck with them like that all the time. So proud to call Johnny a friend, and it was really cool to get the call from him. Also, just knowing that he went back into his position, you know, I'm glad to hear that as well. So this this year, the ceremony consisted of two classes due to the pandemic forcing last year's event to get postponed. When you see yourself listed beside names like the NWO, British Bulldog, Jushin Liger, Kane, and Eric Bischoff, 
What do you think? Well, um, I think that um, the whole list that you just ran down is a bunch of characters. You know what I mean? It's like we all represent images um, that people can uh, translate into their minds, fill in all the blanks, and then figure out that they know uh, each of us. And it's 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 understandable that I'm in that position because I'm on TV. Um, but I, you know, having said that, you know, I think about when I was getting into wrestling, watching. Jushin Thunder Liger wrestling against uh, Brian Pillman for one, um, they just they just opened up my mind like to a whole new kind of wrestling because I wasn't seeing that with the limited amount of wrestling that that I had been exposed to that early on, and they really helped me, you know, think about outside the box what what can really be done with some athleticism, and so very inspiring, you know. Um, uh, you know, I worked a lot in the same time with those, a lot of those guys, NWO and, um, you know, it's, the, those are, uh, those are legends. I, I, I won't ever see myself in the same way that I see others, but then I've learned to accept that fans don't make that distinction. You know, they don't, they don't have the perspective that I do from, uh, following my dreams for the last, um, I don't know. I've been wrestling 30 years. I probably dreamed about it, um, you know, six, seven years, however long before that. So it's been it's been a long journey. And with that perspective, um, I'll never see myself or hold myself up in the same um, uh, the same plateaus as my heroes that from before. But I, like I said, I understand because I pay attention to the fans. You know, I'm connected to them, and and I know that that I've done a lot for them, you know, as far as impacting their lives, whether it's motivating, inspiring them to, uh, to get something out of life that they want, or whether it's just, um, by being the laid back, cool wrestler, that's confident enough to know that he doesn't have to get angry to, you know, to go in the ring and do some damage. So either way, um, I think I accept the, the, the position. I know that, um, the, the image that people have of me, even if they don't know, the real me that much. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the image that people have uh, to look at. And on a personal level, I'm also very proud of the person that I am. So um, it's, there's no hypocrisy going on here or anything like that. I actually, uh, that's, that's what I would say to young wrestlers or young people that want inspiration. I would say, how about uh, trying to be somebody you can respect? So when you're talking about that, you know, you said, the, the, you know, the person, you the person, and you also talked about some of these people representing characters. You're someone who fascinates me because a lot of times you hear, you know, a wrestler's character is their personality turned up to 11, or, or you hear, um, you know, just things along that lines. But when I look at you and I see you, I follow you on social media, you do seem kind of similar to how you're portrayed on TV. You keep it real with everything that you're doing. You live a pretty crazy lifestyle, I feel. Not crazy like in a bad way, like a a cool lifestyle, I should say. You live a very cool lifestyle, um, but it's similar to your character. How much, how much of there is you in the Rob Van Dam character? Oh, a lot of it. You know, I've always stuck to my guns, even when people have tried to change me my entire career. And I think that's why it comes across like that. I have people 
tell me they think I'm down to earth and, and genuine and they, they want to hang out with me even, you know, just from seeing my, my posts or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I think it comes across on a conscious level because I'm, I'm a very spiritual person. I pay attention to my spiritual vibration and how that's affected by different stimuli in life, you know, and that I use that um, as a guide, you know, what to stay away from, what to spend more time on. Um, and I use that to improve my life. And, and when you joined ECW in general, you know, did you think that it would grow to become as big as it did? Because I mean, like you guys were right in the thick of it. And I feel like when you joined ECW, it wasn't anywhere near the level it became. So, I mean, did you think that it was that it had a, a chance to grow to that level? I absolutely believed in it, and that's that's why I invested so much of my time and energy there. The first time I remember seeing it on television, you know, Sabu had told me that uh, he was he was wrestling for this group, and he was you know talking to them about bringing me in, and I would just shrug my shoulders because I was wrestling for um, All Japan Pro Wrestling at the time. And the money that I was making in Japan was like a whole different level than, than what I would make in, in the States. So I was like, whatever, you know, I'm good. Um, but I saw on the Sunshine Network one time, I saw a, uh, ECW and I was, I was um, shocked. I was like so drawn to the car crash appeal of it. I saw Sabu. Uh, jump off a chair in the middle of the ring up to the top rope in the middle and dive out to the crowd. And then I saw all these fans throwing their chairs into the ring and burying the ring with their actual chairs. I saw a ball of fire go out of the ring, under the guardrail, into the crowd. Everything I was seeing, I was like, it was almost like, wait, it was almost like, how is that? pro wrestling if what I've been doing is pro wrestling because I was wrestling in Georgia, uh, the Carolinas, such a different style back then. It was like, come on, everybody, let's go, USA. And, you know, this was such a different crowd. Like, they would have booed me right out of there if I would have tried that stick. So it was intimidating because it was all adults, no kids. They all wore black shirts, listened to this hard rock music. It was like so adult themed you know and they're the sandman with the cigarettes and beer and everyone's bleeding and uh the adult storylines it was i was glued to it um and then shortly after you know learning um how to how to win that crowd over and uh and how to uh capitalize there i i i knew it had the potential because there had to be other people like me that were so turned on to this completely alternative uh, style that they would prefer that, you know, it's like, maybe it's always not going to be the mainstream. Maybe it'll always be like a counterculture thing, but this is cool. Even if you don't, even if you're not a wrestling fan, this can still be cool to watch. And so, yeah, my, what's my heart, you know, was committed. I never wanted to go anywhere. I wanted to see ECW build to the, uh, to the level of where, um, it would be at least an option for the guys, you know, they don't, uh, they don't necessarily want to go to what, what was the big two back then, you know, and, and they did. A lot of the guys were going up to the to WCW or, or the WWE and it was, um, it was, you know, it was business. They have to, and that's your goal when you start out, you know, that's, that's when you made it. But 
ECW was growing so much. And at the time I knew that it was, you know, you could directly feel the impact of, of your efforts. Like I was consistently having, um, you know, the, the best matches uh, on the show. That was a goal for me, you know, and they would chant RBD sometimes from the beginning of the show through intermission, sometimes through other people's matches till I came out. Uh, and I felt like I delivered, you know, at that time I, I was able to go as long as I want, do whatever I want to make sure that everyone was happy that bought a ticket to see me. So that was the most fun I've had out of my career. And, you know, it, it, it'd be cool if they would have been on a major channel and could have, uh, we could have, could have had some sustainability because uh, as an artist, that was uh, definitely, um, that was definitely the most uh, fun and, you know, and most memorable for a lot of the hardcore fans, as you mentioned. Yeah, I didn't get ECW out here because I'm an L.A. guy, so we didn't get it until way late. You know, it had been on for a long time, so I just read about it on the Internet before it came on out here. So I agree with you. I think if, if it had, had a, a, a bigger TV deal early on, I think it could have gone to, to greater heights. What do you think, though, was the key to captivating that audience? You talked about how they chanted for your name throughout the whole show. Um, what do you think was the thing that they were looking for, that they, that they were drawn to? We all had to find our own way to be extreme, you know, and uh, there was there was guys that were extreme because they partied. I mean, there was the gangsters, uh, New Jack and Mustafa would throw a garbage can full of all these weapons into the ring and just start beating their opponents with it, you know. And when I had the competitive state of mind back then, you know, I was more like, uh, you know, screw that guy, screw that guy. I was extreme. Uh, I took a, a I don't know, I, I think. Everything I do is out of the box. That's the way that I think. So I think it just translated to wrestling uh, like it would have anywhere else. Before I had my first matches, I was thinking of moves that I'd never seen before. So <clears throat> that was way back when I started wrestling, but also true before my first ECW match. I was like, I remember I had a pen and paper and I was trying to write down, like, I need some hardcore moves. Maybe, maybe I could throw a chair up and do like a jumping, spinning back kick and kick it into somebody's face, you know, and I'd write that down. And um, that's that's what I entered ECW with, was trying to come up with these this, these new moves. Um, you know, that crowd, that crowd was so opinionated. They'd just wait for you to, to mess up, for your foot to slip, for something. So they could say, you know, you effed up, you effed up. And they would just, oh, my God, like just the pressure of not wanting them to bury you like that really brought the, the best out of me. So um, I paid attention, you know, um, I was a perfectionist. So uh, if I slipped jumping up to the top rope once, I was going to make sure that didn't happen again, or at least not for four or five years um, until I got a little lazy and then they'd get a reminder again. But I think it was my most punishment. It was uh, my athleticism, which by the way, I didn't even realize that was one of my gifts until ECW. Like I, I knew I enjoyed doing flips and showing off and stuff, but I had no idea that the industry would take me uh, as one of the most athletically gifted wrestlers in the industry. I had no idea until other wrestlers started talking about that. And then of course I tapped into it more. Did you meet Paul Heyman in ECW? Like, is that when you guys first came to be, or did you guys meet in WCW when you wrestled there? Um, I met Paul in ECW. Sabu had been 
telling me uh, on a weekly basis that Paul was going to call me to talk about coming up. And, you know, and it didn't happen for a while. I just said, okay, whatever. And then Sabu would say, did Paul call you? What? He said he was going to call you. Hold on. And he'd hang up. And I was like, whatever. And, you know, eventually it worked out. Paul called me. And after a couple of talks, uh, I went up there. And um, in, uh, I think it was January 1996. And um, started what would be, you know, a pretty decent path and a pretty pretty um, effective part of my career, putting everything together there. I was wrestling in Japan at the time, was very stiff over there, very competitive. And um, to to bring that into this hardcore environment and be able to throw the rule book out and just, you know, everything's kind of thing of doing with it. Awesome. I loved it. Yeah, it's got to be awesome for, for you for creatively to have that just – the door broken down you know if you can just do whatever if you can think it you can do it and that must have been pretty rewarding at the time paul Heyman, you know i just brought him up what do you think about paul Heyman's genius when it came to ecw do you think that uh is that the right word do i is that, is that an accurate way to describe him it's not in it's it, it that works you know paul had the foresight to see this whole counterculture revolutionary style you know it was uh it started up there at the eastern um championship wrestling where uh several promotions threw in together and ran like this big tri-state uh promotion that was the first time we'd, we'd heard of all these crazy things and all these crazy wrestlers brought in a lot of names that we knew and then a spinoff of that you know ended up being uh paul Hay- gordon with ec uh, he 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 was able to help us discover in ourselves our strengths. He was able to help us uh, stay away from our weaknesses uh, if we're you know fixing them or or don't do them. You know, like that move sucks, don't do it. You know, um, you know, replace it with a better move or learn how to do it. He just uh, he was very um, uh, he was always he, he was always there to help. Uh, encourage um and and he always shared his thoughts and because he's so dramatic you know i think that uh that helped with his delivery too because he's telling you the people are gonna love you you know he's like uh (laughs) you can feel it when he's talking to you you can kind of feel the uh the reaction uh your own reaction and everyone else's reaction too so paul uh is a very very important man in our industry for for bringing it forward and, and moving it to the aggressive uh, position that it went to, you know, now it's even somewhere different, but it's uh, still, you know, it's a, uh, it's a byproduct of ECW, like the whole, the whole um, adding more uh, adult themed angles, storyline stuff. That's cool. Even if you're not a kid, like all of that, all of that, you know, I, I, I put that all on Paul. How special is your run with the television title to you? Um, that was the most fun that I've had, um, especially as an artist in my career. Um, this is where, you know, as I as I said before, it was important to me to, to have the best match on the card every night. And I'm sure, you know, I'm not saying every fan preferred my match the best, uh, but it felt like it. It sure felt like it from the reaction of the crowd. And, and we would bring in guys 
you know, I went through everybody in the company. We bring in guys from other companies. And at that time in my career, I was getting a lot of attention. You know, um, it was a good time to be RVD, especially after uh, everybody knew that I had open offers from the other companies. Uh, I could I could go this way or that way or I could stay. And up to that point, it was just common sense. When you got an offer, you, you went because it was going to be a better offer for a better life. But I didn't see it that way. And we ended up uh, utilizing my position in that spotlight to help ECW grow even more. And uh, also, of course, to uh, add a lot of depth to, to what I was doing at that time. And I wanted to be consistent. You know, uh, a promoter in uh, Georgia told me that consistency is what what makes the best wrestler in the business the best, regardless of who you're wrestling. So I, I had that in mind. Whether I was wrestling with someone smaller, like Little Guido or Spike Dudley, someone like that, or whether I was wrestling One Man Gang or Bam Bam Bigelow or or uh, Kamala the second, uh, whoever it was, um, I always wanted to bring the best out of them. I wanted to have their best matches they've ever had. I wanted to be able to sell or take everybody's. Uh, finishes the best, you know, bump for everybody to where they were concerned, you know, that maybe I was injured and couldn't continue, uh, even though I'm in there with them. So, um, you know, I really, I put everything into it. And then even guys that were uh, more, uh, more my size and my style, of course, you know, uh, my matches with Sabu were, you know, my favorites in my career. My matches with Jerry Lynn, like changed the standards so of good. wrestling. Like, the, yep. yeah. Yeah. 20 years later, I still, when I'm in the ring with uh, somebody new, a lot of times I'll be like, hey, can we do some of that RVD Jerry Lynch stuff at the beginning? Like, can it's we got do its reversal, own, uh, the pinning reversal thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, we did it in a way that, that it's hard for people to just imitate and, and get across the same way because, you know, these. these wrestlers watched us while they were growing up, but they didn't have us to really installed a old school mentality you know the the original Sheik really put this mindset into me early on that i could never forget the whole time i'm in the ring i'm in that mindset that i'm in a match and that has a lot to do with uh with a little difference you know with, with some guys that uh um didn't have firsthand training but they're just imitating us sometimes it comes across you know not not quite the same you know and there's always been there's always been a debate in the business and i've seen guys stand on both sides of the fence is it a dance or is it a fight i always i always thought it was a fight well i would be remiss not to talk about your history in wwe too we got to talk about your time in wwe you're going to the wwe hall of fame it's crazy that this this month is the 20 year anniversary of the invasion angle but you didn't join until a few months later when you and dreamer kicked off the inclusion of ecw in the angle that promo that Heyman cut afterward is so classic. What was going through your mind during all of that? I was so excited. You know, um, this is 2001, and there's nowhere else to wrestle um, in the United States. If I wanted to continue my career as a uh, TV superstar in the business of pro wrestling, it was time for me to go to WWE because everything else was closed up or bought. And so when I when I made that decision... I thought that maybe I was giving up my 
not my whole path, but perspectively, you know, my, the, the history, um, of everything I've done, I thought they might change my name to something. Who knows? They, they've been known to do this. Give me a character, even me. I didn't know, but at that time I was ready to deal with that. But when I got the hardcore title, boom, I was like, now it's almost just like being in ECW. I go out there every night and I can showcase my skills and talents because that's, that's my best uh, um, showcasing right there. That's where I thrive, uh, showing my durability, showing my career. That's always been me, you know, my preferred style of a match, even if it's a ladder match. If I can uh, throw the rule book out, be a little creative and hardcore, you're going to get the best uh, version of RVD, in my opinion. You know, it's crazy, too, because I feel like most would say, most fans like myself, were maybe a little let down with the invasion angle at the end of the day. It wasn't quite the dream that everyone had, had been envisioning during the Monday Night Wars because of various contracts and stuff. But for you, I feel like you got the most success out of got the most out of the invasion angle. I mean, you went from being in ECW and smaller venues to within a few months wrestling Stone Cold and The Rock. I mean, that had to have been crazy for you to have had that happen so fast. It, it was. That was awesome. Like you said, I was wrestling Stone Cold, Kurt Angle, Undertaker, The Rock, all those guys. And thank God a lot of it. Is on YouTube or on or on the network uh, Peacock, whatever. Because some of it, I actually don't even remember. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, "I'll be damned!" <laughs> I didn't know I beat him. <laughs> well, I rewatched uh, One Night Stand while I was prepping for this. I watched both of those, uh, the things that you were involved in at, at One Night Stand, and it's it's uh, it's interesting to hear you talking about how you felt about you know the transition. To then watching the one night stand promo where you kind of vented uh your frustrations to a certain degree uh were you truly frustrated with how you had been used at that point i was uh that that venting was a complete shoot about how i felt at the time you know uh, now looking back at the big picture you know um i look at it a little different because you know the more the more I'm alive, the more I learn about life, you know, and uh, and, and I, I still appreciate the perspective I came from and everything. And that was what, you know, that was integrity and that was what the fans uh, enjoyed. Um, but I can look at the overall business a little bit uh, with a bigger picture now, because when I'm in that mindset, so competitive, I'm thinking, you know, that this position should be mine. I should be the guy. You shouldn't shouldn't bump me off of that the, the course light girls or something like that um just all that all that all that stuff in, in my mind you know was like uh you know hey if they're they're trying to if they want to get their investment out of me then why aren't they doing this with me and, and why are those got you know every a lot of those frustrations are I, I guess it's just part of the job but uh looking at it where i'm at now and knowing how everything turned out and how you know, I probably wasted time on uh, negative energy thoughts and being stubborn in, in certain areas. Um, you know, when I look at it like that overall now, I'm glad that, you know, everything had its place. I'm glad that everybody, whether I uh, looked up to them or, or thought they were stealing some of my um, TV time or whatever, you know, I look at, I look at everybody uh, and everything all different now. And it's, you know, it's a big, wonderful business. 
Um, so glad to have been uh, a big part of it. And, you know, this crowning moment here, the Hall of Fame nod, you know, that's, that's definitely um, putting credibility onto, um, onto a body of work, you know, and, and that's something that no one's going to be able to take from me. So totally stoked, totally honored on that. And, um, you know, I'm, and, and looking back, even though I have a more uh, mature perspective, uh, I don't know if I would have changed a thing because I'm uh, so happy where I'm at right now. Life is so good. It gets better and better. And so I hope everyone else learns to enjoy life. No, I definitely want to be RVD when I grow up. So I, uh, I, I think that's, that's a good model to go after. I've, I've run low on time here, but I got two things I want to ask you before you go. Uh, I, I, I got to talk to you about winning the WWE title at, at One Night Stand as well. Where does that rank on your list of most memorable matches? Well, that was. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta keep on your feet here. Uh oh, <laughs> just okay. No, you're good. You need to keep on your feet for me here. We only got a couple more. Right? Yeah. Um, that was my crowning moment. Um, obviously, you know, and and not just because I reached the number one spot having the WWE uh, championship. It's there's so much more to it than that because that that moment that night. All of that was me sticking to my my guns. You know, I, I, I went to Vince with the idea of bringing ECW back for a, a pay-per-view because I said, you got so many guys wrestling on your roster right now that are former ECW alumni. And, and, and we all loved ECW stuff. We could go one night, uh, ECW style, just let us, you know, tribute to ECW or whatever. That'd be so awesome. Well, that became One Night Stand which became One Night Stand 2. Um, and so knowing that I was fighting for what I believed and everybody, like everyone in that crowd, that, that live show at Manhattan uh, Ball Center, they were so 100% behind me, my beliefs, everything that I stood for. They shared that that passion with me and they were 100% against everything that Cena stood for in their minds so it was really like a, a one of a time out of my whole career experience uh, where uh, where all the variables were just so so and because of that and because um, you know winning that night really felt like a victory not just for me but for all the hardcore fans it really did it felt like everyone that had been uh supportive back in the day of ecw that continued to support the the ecw alumni everyone that that really preferred and missed that style like they were all rewarded that that night you know we were coming back with it as a third brand we're bringing ecw as the third brand and i'm definitely the top guy to represent if i hadn't changed the entire playing field i don't think that would have necessarily been the case but for all of that to come to a, a head and for the results to be rvd holding up the uh wwe and then the ecw world championship that was that was that was the highlight right there that was the end of uh, of you know I keep talking about these full circles, but that was many many years in the making. So I normally have a closer that I end with, but I don't know if it applies as well to you. So I'm going to ask you a different question to close this interview. Um, 
you're different than a lot of the other people going into the Hall of Fame this year. You're not retired. You're someone who is still technically active in the ring. Does one last run in WWE interest you? Well, I'm going to go back to what I said before, man. If there's a reason, there's a reason, you know. Uh, I don't probably feel the reasons that, that you or that fans would, you know, as far as, like, if they're thinking, like, got to get RBD out of the house. I love being in the house. Um, the, you know, the, the challenging road life pre-pandemic, you know, um, that's something that that's not a preferred lifestyle living on the time, which I don't even know when we come out of this, how, how much everything is going to adapt as far as that goes. But, um, but you know, there, there is, um, there is definitely some pros and cons to the thought, you know, I enjoy showing off in the ring. I enjoy very much getting that love and energy, uh, from the crowd, looking around, seeing the RBD signs. I mean, that's, that's a high for sure. Um, and, uh, and RBD is all about highs. And, um, so, um, there's that, but at the same time, there's no part of me that sits home watching wrestling and says, Oh man, I wish I could be in that ring tonight, getting my head pounded in, looking at those lights instead of sitting here on my couch, you know, enjoying my life. Uh, so, you know, um, I still do it. And when I do, it's because there's a reason, because it's worth it. It's all about what's worth it, you know, and uh, on my priority list and my value, uh, my values, it, it does. There is a, a place in there for RVD uh, wrestling uh, for WWE, uh, you know, continuing a full-time run or something like that. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> okay, cool. That definitely makes sense. Well, thank you so much for giving me the time today. I really appreciate it. You're one of my all-time favorite wrestlers, so this was very cool getting to do this. Right on, dude. Appreciate it. Enjoyed the interview. Thanks for uh, letting us make the announcement of the new uh, Hall of Fame inductee. Rob oh, wait, wait, wait. We'll Dan. do it together. Wait, we'll do it together. Wait, hold on. I know you want to do it with me. That's okay. I got, I got another one in me. All right, ready? Ready? Yep. Are we going to start? You say it. You say yeah, it. Yeah. I'm going to go with the R's. Spelled on your hands. It's going to make it easier for me. Three three letters for uh, this year's favorite Hall of Fame inductee. Ready? R. Do it. R. V. D. I don't even <laughs> I don't even have a delay here. I don't know why I'm trying to coordinate with you. Hey, I do have a delay. Anyway, dude, appreciate it. And uh, knock that one off your bucket list too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Have a good one, man. All right. Thanks, dude. Have a great day. You too. That was Rob Van Dam, the one, the only, the whole effing show. So cool getting to hear him talk about ECW and his WWE title win. Great memories for me. So that was awesome. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Make sure that you subscribe to the Out of Character podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Go follow WWE on Fox on all social media platforms, and you can follow me as well. I'm at Ryan Sadden. Okay, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, have a good one. Download the all-new Fox Sports app now.